And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when we hear that confession, I always also want to turn to Psalm 2. Psalm 2, where we also call to confess the Son. Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and and, and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. And then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry. And you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. As far as the reading of the Holy Scripture, dear congregation, last week we began, we began looking at this passage and we considered how the Lord Jesus came to his disciples when they were in the middle of the storm in their little boat. Jesus had sent them out into this storm, and that storm arose, and they had been rowing for about six or eight hours against the wind. But then Jesus also came to, to meet them in that storm. 
as he came walking over top of those waves. And at first, you remember, they were terrified, probably exhausted from rowing for so many hours. And then they saw the Lord Jesus, and they thought they were seeing a ghost, and they, they screamed out for terror. But then the Lord Jesus reassured them and said, Do not be afraid, it is I. And so it is for, for us as well in this life that the Lord Jesus comes and he, he meets you in the middle of your doubts, in the middle of your trials, in the middle of your, your fears, and he says, be of good cheer. It is I, and do not be afraid. But even so, when he says this here, the storm is not over. He does not immediately stop the storm. If you remember in Matthew 8, when the Lord Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of the boat, as soon as the disciples woke up the Lord Jesus, he, he stood up and he, he immediately calmed the storm. But now, the Lord Jesus does not immediately calm the storm. And for some of you, it, it can seem at times that these storms can continue raging for a long time. And it can seem so dark in your lives. And yet, the Lord Jesus is there, he says, with his presence. It is I and do not be afraid. And so last week we, we saw how our faith is to be directed to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ during the storms. And you begin to see Him when you see His promises in His Word, and when you begin to believe those promises that they are there also for you, you can lay hold of them for your own soul. And then you begin to see more of who Christ is for you and your specific needs. And when you see Christ, when you see Him in His Word, then you, cannot, you never remain sitting there. It's like these disciples. You, you cannot just remain rowing and trying to get to shore by yourself. But your desire also goes out to Christ. In the middle of your trials, you want to get nearer to Christ Himself. But as we'll see here, even then... Christ continues to test your faith. And so this afternoon we want to look at this passage, the second half of this passage under the same theme, a faith-strengthening storm. And so there's four points in your bulletin. We covered the first two last week where God sends you in the storm to test our faith and God meets us in the storm to direct our faith. And today we want to pick up and look at the third point. And that begins in verse 28. And God uses the storm to stretch our faith. So God uses the storms to stretch our faith. So in verse 28, when Peter recognizes who the Lord Jesus is, when, when he hears his voice, and when they recognize that this is their Lord and master. Peter, he's known to be the impulsive one, you remember. And he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. This means he recognizes his master and he has been encouraged just by hearing his voice and seeing him. And so it's, he says, since it is you, Lord, command me now to come to you on the water just like you are. Let me walk over the waters of this storm like you are. Draw me nearer, my God, to you, even though it be this storm, through this storm. And it doesn't state here specifically, but 
very likely all the disciples had stopped rowing altogether. And it's in moments like this, isn't it, where in our life it seems like we can just let ourselves drift through the sea, simply knowing that it is Christ and that He is there and that He is near. But Peter, he seems to go a little further. And with this request, he, he wants to rise above the storm. And Jesus, rather than rebuke, rebuke him for such a supernatural request, he invites him. And so there you see Peter as he steps out of the boat, children. Do you imagine Peter steps out of the boat onto the water, his eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. His mind doesn't even try to calculate the physical impossibility of standing on water because to them everything seems so impossible anyway. They could not row any further to shore. They had no more strength. They've been rowing for six or eight hours. But here was Christ, unfazed by everything, unfazed by the storm, and that's what Peter needed. And so he stepped out of the boat, and for a moment he, he did rise above the storm. He defied all gravity, all science, and all reason, and he walked on the water. And there's moments that that we can step out in faith, it seems, to, to rise above the situations that we, in, in which we are in, even in miraculous ways, where pain seems not to be felt, where sorrow seems to have no grip, where Christ is in sight, where eternity is in view. As Paul says that he, he considers the sufferings of this present world not worthy compared to the eternal glory that waits the people of God. If you think of those martyrs who, who burned on the stake, rising above the flames in their hearts, singing praises to God, standing on the waves of their sufferings, their eyes focused on Christ. This is a place you stand by faith and faith alone. And yet, we are still humans. Peter looks away from Christ only for a moment. He sees those winds boisterous, it says. He was afraid, and he began to sink. And as he sinks, it's as if his eyes quickly snap back to see Christ, and he cries out, Lord, save me. For a small moment he stood there by faith, but the moment his faith lost sight of the Lord Jesus Christ, it lost its footing on the rock of Christ, and it begins to sink. And now imagine, he's no longer in the safety of the boat, but he's totally at the mercy of the waves of the sea. And he screams out in terror, save me. And we can find ourselves in these situations as well. We, we can resolve to have faith. We can say and know and, and believe that Christ is with us. We will not fear though the mountains quake and the earth's foundations shake. But then those winds pick up again, and it's dark, and we see nothing but these stormy seas. Whether it's a surgery time that is coming closer, whether it's the daily toils of the, of, the, of the sickness and the medication that we need to keep taking that is all wearing us down, whether it's the distress of a troubled marriage that is eating at us, whether it's the waves of the sins that roll over us, or if we, if we stare death in the face, as it were, 
when we realize that we cannot stand a moment, we cannot resist sin, we cannot resist temptation for a moment ourselves without Christ. And we begin to look around us and you see those waves. And you see that power of the evil around you. You see nobody else is stepping out of the boat. And you wonder what you're doing. And But soon we meet the limits of our faith and we begin to sink. But our problem is not the storm. Our problem is not the ability or the presence of Christ. But he says it is our little faith. But it is God who remains faithful and it says, And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand in verse 31 and caught him and said, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Where we begin to fall, there Christ is ready to hold us up. Like the fathers who, who run behind their children when they're, they're trying to learn to ride a bike. They're not holding on to them, but they're ready to grab them when they are, are, begin to fall. And that father is stretching the child's ability to be able to ride on his own, to build confidence in learning to drive his own bike. And Christ also stretches our faith to teach us to walk by faith. And so here Peter's faith was real. You could say even exceptional allowing him to venture out onto the waters of the storm. But it also had its limits. Doubt crept in, and it clouded faith, and it prevented Peter from, from reaching the Lord Jesus on the water. And so Jesus gently rebukes him. He says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He rebukes that unbelief that remained in Peter. And you can compare this with the next chapter in Chapter 15, verse 28, where the Lord Jesus commends the woman and says, Great is your faith. This woman had strong, persevering faith. He says, By faith all things are possible. We remember that because of the unbelief, the first generation of Israel cannot enter that promised land. And so it is without faith it's impossible to please God. And yet, with faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can move mountains figuratively. But that faith is no strength in itself. Faith is that channel that connects us to Christ, who is the fountain of our life. And when our eyes leave Christ, and faith even begins to rest in itself, or if it's cut off by doubt, then we begin to sink. But the stretching of our faith is the increasing of the perseverance of your faith. And to keep it fixed and focused on Christ, even in the midst of the roughest seas, while drawing all our strength from Him alone. And it is in times of necessity that, that our faith is drawn to Christ in moments like this, like Peter. But we also, like Peter have the same problem that we do not persevere and sometimes we can think well I have faith and therefore I can stand or we can think well I had this experience sometime so I know that I have faith to stand but all this false footing gets knocked from under us during these storm trials and we can learn we can never rest in our faith or the faith that we seem to have before because faith is not a one-time experience 
but it's a living faith through which, by which you must live every moment of every day for every circumstance. And so Christ, He directs your faith to Him, to focus on Him, and then He stretches that to build that endurance of faith, to continue with an eye of faith fixed on Him from whom comes all our aid. And so Christ also invites each one of us to, to come to Him and to trust in Him at all times. Because with Him there is help and strength and forgiveness and salvation. And though we stumble, yet He will never fail. Because He hears the needy when they cry, it says. And He hears you when you cry. And He's there ready to uphold you when you begin to fall. But like the wind causes trees to stretch and to bend, so the storms of our life causes our faith to stretch in ways that it has never stretched before. Stretching our faith toward Christ, to lay hold on Christ for that enduring strength. Just like a tree, when it's being blown, it stretches and it's pulling at the roots that are anchored in the ground. We need to be anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's at times like this, you can wonder, how much longer must this go on? And when will the morning return? Well, in the last place, we see that this test is finished. God calms the storm to settle our faith. It says in verse 32 that when Jesus got into the boat, the wind ceased. And this word ceased has, has a sense that the storm sank down. If you can think of the rolling and boiling waves of the storm that were throwing the boat around, these, they, they smoothed out into peaceful water just as the sun was starting to rise on the, on the horizon. And that instead of Peter sinking down into the waves to drown, the storm is what sinks down into tranquility. And here God, or the Lord again, shows Himself as, as the Lord of creation. In the last storm that the disciples were in, Jesus was with them in the boat. And then they called on Him sooner. And He calmed the storms immediately. And they wondered at Him who had power over the wind and the waves. And this time, Jesus had sent Him out on their own first. And He had joined them later. But between these two storms, their faith had time to strengthen. They were fed with the multitudes when the Lord Jesus fed the thousands of people. And just like a tree, when it grows out in, in the field so that the calm sunshine shines on it, it begins to grow stronger and it's fed by the, the nutrients of the soil. You don't see that tree grow every day. But if you come back a year later, you can see the difference. And studies have proven that wind and storms are, are used or strengthen the trees, strengthen the trunks. And these disciples likely didn't think about their faith growing. But compared to the last time they were in the boats, they did endure longer. They were out there on their own. They did feed 
on Christ's teaching in the meantime. And you also grow in faith, even though you do not see it, especially in the middle of storms. Often it can seem like, like our faith is gone. Sometimes you can wonder if you have any faith left at all. But then Christ comes and He, he strengthens you. And it's between those storms that your faith also is growing. Because the Lord Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And when that storm passes, there's times you can look back on your life and realize that you have grown in your faith. You can see how you, how you were taught to look to Christ in His Word. You, you depended on Him more and more. You trusted in Him more. You endured longer. You realize that God has strengthened your faith to remain looking at Him. And when you see that, and when you acknowledge God in this, you do what the disciples did in, in the last verse, in verse 33, where it says they came and worshipped Him, saying, Truly, You are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. And that's when you make the true confession of faith. It's like Peter did a few chapters later in Matthew 16, verse 16. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then you make this confession, not just because you know you have to become a member of the church, but you make this confession because you know and believe this to be true. You become settled in Christ. Like a growing oak tree settles into the ground deeper and deeper year after year. The deeper the roots go, the thicker the trunk grows, the stronger it stands. And the more you become settled, those, those winds, they just rustle the leaves a little, but you no longer bend like the sapling when it was young. And these disciples are being taught that the Lord Jesus Christ is greater than all these storms, greater than everything in this world. This is Christ, the Son of the living God. We need more than just an earthly king. These disciples had to realize that too. It's easy to believe when, when they could hand out the baskets of bread to all the people sitting there. It's easy to believe when Christ is doing miracles but it's not so easy to believe when the waves are, are rolling over us and threatening to sink us forever. But Psalm 96 says that even the trees of the woods rejoice in God. And this led the disciples to worship God. And every deliverance that we receive from God brings us to renewed worship of Christ. And trusting in Him is one of the greatest acts of worship. Faith that He is God who will never leave you nor forsake you. That He is the one who sees and who divinely controls every storm that blows through your life. And God's storms, God's tests reveal the reality of your faith. And they reveal the reality of the God of your faith. And that is the purpose to create a deeper dependence and trust in Him. And so He sends you into these storms 
but he also meets you in the middle of them. And he does so, as he does so, he stretches your faith during those storms. And then he settles and strengthens your faith when those storms pass by. And God tests our faith because true saving faith in Christ is the only faith that has eternal value. True faith in Christ is the only faith that will stand the powerful forces of the storm of that last enemy of death. And true faith begins and ends in God and ends in worship. And that is why God teaches us to see if we have true faith or not. And God strengthens our faith through this life to prepare us for what lies ahead. And then we confess that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And as we sang our help in ages past and our hope for years to come, our guard while troubles last and our eternal home. Amen.